hey y'all we back with another episode of the farmer's market with Corinne and Steph we clearly had a time a few minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> clearly the shadow was still shadowing honey we trying to come back and the girl said oh, actually <laughs> <laughs> let's rethink <laughs> y'all we missed y'all like I'm not even going to include the other piece because it literally was like less than a minute um, we miss y'all like so much. I know I did. did. I did. Um, I went back and kind of listened to some old episodes, and I was like, "We really the bomb for real." I can see why people listen to us. I can see. You know, when I listen to other podcasts and like how they interact, I'm like, "This is what it's about." And then I listen to ours, and I'm like, "We just fit in line." With, we really like, do. <laughs> the other things I've been listening to, so I'm I'm happy with where we are in the state of America. I am too, to be honest. Um, what what was your break like? I'm not even gonna go with your week. What was your break like? My break was fantastic. Um, your boy got a new job. Amen. Moved amen. into the new place. Amen. Um, uh that's all i got that's how that is genuinely pretty much how i spent this whole break was just like planning and packing and moving and living and um obtaining and manifesting and all the ings that are positive come on witchcraft come on witchcraft okay (laughs) you know i'm the queen you know i'm the queen Mm -hmm. of witchcraft i love you so witchcraft dang um But my break was ghetto. I ain't gonna hold y'all. Um, mm. Not all ghetto. It wasn't all ghetto. Evelyn I, Champagne came into your life. That's yes, Evelyn Champagne. I did have to get another vehicle, which is very well. She's beautiful. We love her down. We are grateful for the opportunity. We are grateful to Mother Mary. Okay, my Mary came through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna just sing her praises on this podcast. My mom is the best mom I ever had. I don't want no other ones. <laughs> I don't want no other ones. <laughs> so, um, she really came through in the clutch and helped your girl out. I love her down. Um, and she ain't gonna ever have to worry about nothing in this life or the next one. Let me tell you, okay? That, that lady part. is well taken care of. Um, so that was I had I did get a new car, but the rest of it was just like a lot of work. Um, this summer was tough. Like and I just needed a break, and Mercury said, "Bitch, how about no?" <laughs> so you know, I just trooped through. I was still working. Um, I wasn't very active socially on the medias, but you know, I did my work. I did my due diligence. So that was my break. Um. So, you know, at the end of the episode or in the episode, the previous episode, we talked about our favorite things and Stefan brought up a really cute topic um, to talk about education. We are in the throes of back to school as a Mm -hmm. mother. I'm a bitch of a mother! Uh, (laughs) (laughs) As a mom. um, This has been such a lovely time. I absolutely adore back to school. Um, and I adore summer camp. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it would be a good time to really just not like inform the girls that we're very smart, but to also just kind of talk about our educational journeys. 
um, in what we've kind of faced in the educational system because it is back to school time. Um, and I know that in the panoramic, a lot of the people was returning to take classes, certificates, maybe getting another degree, or maybe you're thinking about, I want to do, I'm going to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just wanted to, you know, give you all a little bit of a smidge of what it is like and especially because we're therapists okay um if you're interested yes you do have to do a lot of school if you're interested this is a good episode um to get the lay of the land and how to attack the educational piece um because you will at least need a bachelor's degree minimum um you can get away with you know an associates in certain circumstances but again the pay level if you want to see anything livable you probably need a license but that's neither here nor there um so <laughs> if you want to see anything that's livable, a whole other process like livable like you want to live that's the money you want to make you gotta yeah, get a right. license or at least it's a certification um but you know we just wanted to kind of share our educational journeys and what we've been through in school and let you know what kind of degrees we have and just you know really unpack that as black people, you know, especially Stefan coming from another intersectional intersection with the queer community. Um, I know I don't know if y'all all like to be called that, but that's that's what it's given right now. I don't know. I'm not a part of it. I can't speak as an ally. I don't know what you guys would like to be labeled as, but it seems like a lot of people are using that queer thing. I'm here for it. I'm gonna support you in it. Um, but you know, that's where Stefan meets at that intersection and me as a woman, that's another intersection. Mm-hmm. that you know we meet at as well here in educational piece and stuff and being a male definitely a big 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 intersection especially yes. black it's it's a it's a, it's a, it's a boulevard man. it's not it's, an intersection it's a boulevard <laughs> it's a boulevard that feels too often like the cul-de-sac sometimes david let me tell you that thing is a boulevard <laughs> honey it's a boulevard but you know I felt like that was a good thing to come back off such a, you know, tumultuous time with yeah. Mercury and his folks acting a fool on us because they want to take a break and said, well, I'm busy. Y'all handle your own things. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, um, I'll get started and I'll let Stefan gather his life there. Do it. Um, I, <laughs> oh my God, how much educational travel time y'all got? Um, I personally have had such a, a, a rich experience um, in my, you know, educational journey here to get to where I am today. Um, I was not a great student, and I will be honest with you, I'm still not. <laughs> I'm really going to give you bare minimum, um, bare, very bare minimum. It's giving, I'm not going above and beyond for anything. Um, I've never been that girl, probably never going to be that girl. But, you know, yeah. I got due. I make due. Um, so it kind of started um, with my formative education or primary for our international listeners. Um, so primary would be considered K through 12. Um, I had a lot of changes there. Let's talk about that. So from kindergarten yes. until um, fourth grade, I went to a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um it was a private school in the city of Wilmington. Shout out to St. Peter's. St. Peter's Cathedral is two different St. Peter's. It's St. Peter in Newcastle and St. Peter in, in Wilmington. And I went to the one in Wilmington. I really 
now that I look back as an adult, I'm like, my mom really was that. She was she was that girl because that was a beautiful experience. I didn't have too much interaction with other communities there. It was a mostly predominantly black school. At the time that I went, the school was eighty percent, if not yes, the Catholic school. Wow. Them middle class <laughs> blacks ate the motherfuckers up in the nineties. Let me tell you, ate See, them up. That's where I, I should you know been. what I'm not at that. See, there's a timeline where yeah. I went to that school in elementary school, and that's how we met. Yeah. Anyway, please continue. Uh, no, no, no. But uh, you get what I'm saying. So, like, I yeah. just, I need everybody to understand the the, the layers there. Um, my mother was a single mother at the time. Well, not the entire time. Uh, well, yeah, I would say the entire time. <laughs> um, because my father had passed away when I was four. So, it was, like, okay. right before I started school. And it it was all right. I ain't gonna hold you. It was rough. Um, kindergarten was okay. First grade, I just wasn't into it. Um, it just wasn't given what needed to be had gave, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I had quickly learned that school was not my thing. Um, I just wasn't interested in it. Um, I think I was having a lot of emotional concerns just because mm-hmm. you lost, I lost a parent. And then a transition of going from daycare, which is like, okay, you do fun stuff, they read to you sometimes, and then you know what I mean? That's it. You play. Yeah, but right. <laughs> you got to transition to actually doing shit. I was just like, nah. <laughs> we could not. <laughs> so, um, because those transitions, I did kindergarten pretty well. And like I said, from first to about fourth grade, the educational thing for me wasn't working. I did have to have a lot of extensive help. So at that time, I would consider myself to probably have an IEP. Um. I don't have no clue what Cameron's doing, y'all. I'm sorry. Here comes Cameron's um, cameo. Cameron's cameo. Um, at that time, I would consider myself having IEP because I was getting a lot of extra help. So a lot of breakout stuff for reading um, at the time. Not so much for math um, until later, later on. But a lot of extra time. I'll need extra time to do things. Because, baby, let me tell y'all, I wasn't fucking with it. I really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got enough <laughs> to where I could go to the next grade until we got to the fourth grade. The fourth grade is where I started to have significant problems um, with my teacher at the time. Um, I think she was noticing that I wasn't quite, it, it wasn't given. And she had already had like a, a, a notorious reputation with black female students where she would pick one in each year to kind of fuck with and and be too much for and in a predominantly black school. in a predominantly black school let me tell you and i wasn't the only one in that particular grade who was having you know her parents were having a concern like okay you keep saying she's not doing it she's not doing that but um i i just feel like this is what's going on um because she's getting stuff done but you're you know what i mean it was just a lot um and my mom at that point financially it was a lot because my brother also too I have a younger brother who's three years younger than me was also in the school. So financially, it's just like, this is too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I got to pay tuition for two kids. I'm a single parent. And you're having all these discuss- problems. Too many problems. I don't like the way she's talking to you. I don't know she's treating you. Let's just be done after fourth grade. So once I completed the fourth grade, um, my mother in- unrolled us that school year. And I moved on to public school, which is where I finished the rest of my primary education. And it was 
a way better experience. <laughs> um, educationally, it was still trash. Like I still, again, I'm not a good student. It's not my thing. But you know, it was a better experience socially for me because in the private school that I went to, you only really had that class. So you started with them in kindergarten, and you were supposed to end with them in the eighth grade. Like you did not get any new people in there. Very maybe once every other year, maybe once a year, if that. So you pretty much, if you don't really like the people that you're around or they don't really like you, you really just got to deal with them for like five years, six years, seven years, whatever. Gotcha. So um, we moved on to public school. Public school was great. It was a better transition for me socially. Um, again, academics was never my thing. So we went and we floated. We got to middle school. Middle school was cool. I almost got left back in the seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, That's- I remember first talking about that. What a time to be alive. Um, and my mom was like, we won't unenroll her. <laughs> like, I don't, like, we're not doing that. Um, you know what I mean? At the time, which is, I'll just take a little bit of a segue, and I'm pretty sure you can attest to this. Mm-hmm. When we were in school, they had this this system where you could repeat, be promoted, or be assigned. Um, and I believe for the seventh grade year, they were in between, I guess, repeating and assigning for me. Um, but once my mom said what she said, and uh-huh. she told me to go to school and say that, I was then assigned to the eighth grade. So, oh, all right. <laughs> she said what she said, and she said, "Go tell them that you want to enroll, unenroll, and we'll take you somewhere else. You can go to another school because we're not doing that." So, um, from that point on, I went through the eighth grade. I graduated on time. I was never left back. I never really had any of that concern. So, in the fourth and seventh grade, I don't know for whatever reason, those two years there was significant problems with me educationally and they was just like, girl, we don't know about this. We don't know about her. <laughs> like, we don't know if she gonna make it, but baby, let me tell you, I made it because I got past the master's degree at this point. Yes. So, you know, we went through that process and I went to Christiana High School, which is in New York. Shout out to the Vikings. Um, it's just different right now. It was two different schools. Neither of there. Um, <laughs> high school wasn't what it needed to be. Um, wasn't a lot going on. Um, I barely got through. I had to change my pathway. So if you're not familiar with that, in the state of Delaware, most public high schools have a, a career pathway just to kind of go along with like the vocational schools that are available so I started in a child care thing didn't finish that so they put me in Florida culture which is a fun fact about me um I can do bouquets balloon bouquets all that good stuff from high school didn't know that yeah see now you know <laughs> I can do that I can put Florida the arrangements together and I know my Wait, little foliage never mind I did know that we talked we spent Never mind. Doesn't. Yeah, we talked about that. We did. So that was my pathway. So I finished high school by the skin of my teeth. I think I was like, it was maybe a class of five hundred, and I was like somewhere in like the two hundred ranking. That that should let you know a bitch barely made it. Yeah, <laughs> barely. But you made it. And <laughs> but I made really it. Okay, I made it. Um, and then I proceeded to go to Wilmington College, which my mother went to as well. Um, it was just a private college private public college when well, it was public I think but at the time it was a I private was like it was private now I think it's public yeah so I went there and I got my bachelor's degree in behavioral science with that degree okay mm-hmm. um I was able to work in like case management type of things and like residential aid type of positions which was fine 
that's what it kind of prepares you for like the bare not the bare minimum but just like if you want to work in some sort of behavioral setting you should be good to go gotcha so then we get to graduate school which i continued at women's university i have both my bachelor's and master's from there and by this time it transitioned from college when i got finished my um bachelor's to university and i got my degree in administration of justice um, which prepares you to work in corrections or some sort of law enforcement agency um, in an administrative position. So with my degree right now, I could be a warden or a administrator at a prison. I could be a correctional counselor. I could be, a, you know, a parole officer, supervisor, anything to kind of do in that space. Um and I finished that. I was actually supposed to become specialized in criminal behavior, which I took all the classes except for one. Didn't want to stay an extra semester, so I just got the bare minimum. Again, this is a trend. We have that in common. This is a trend. Um, so at that time, I was like, okay, I got my little master's. It's cute. It's cute. It's cute. So I was able to get into more of a therapist role and a counseling role with that. Um, because when you're doing that type of stuff with licensing, which we could do a whole episode on being licensed, certified, and what it takes to do all that, maybe a little bit of credentialing, if you will, for the people who are really interested in that type of stuff, because that's another episode. We could do that next year. Um, but that, you know, that degree allowed me to kind of wiggle myself into those counselor positions. And then at that time, I was like, okay, well, I want something. I want to make money. I want to work with the, like, the people. So I decided to go back and get a certificate, which is a postmaster certificate in Homeland Securities. Um, because for one, I thought the money would be there. There's not a lot of black women, not a lot of black people. Um, I could get into, you know, the FEMA bag a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit or border um, or something like that. And then not really having really any interest. I think I didn't finish it. I had maybe two classes wasn't really interested, didn't really have the experience to really like, okay, I have the degree, but I can't, you can't really get into something if you don't have experience. And all my experience had been in the human service umbrella. So we didn't finish that. And then a couple years later, I decided, when well, my mom pushed me into, shout out to mom Mary. She was like, well, why don't you just go get your doctorate? I want a doctor correct. I want a doctor not. And I'm just <laughs> like, girl, you want to go to school to do these classes? <laughs> right. Your daughter barely made it. Um, so we went through, I started and did my first semester, but as you guys know, my older brother did have sickle cell anemia and it did he did wind up passing away of complications. And around the time that I had started that program, his health declined very rapidly. Um, and I was not able to complete it. So I technically do have one semester as a doctoral student under my belt. Um, that's a lot of school. Okay, it's beloved. A lot of school. I I've been in school for twenty years. You know what I mean? Like, this is not for play play. This right. school stuff is not for play play. Um, and some of the major themes and things that I experienced, um, now being a, a very educated individual, uh, is a lot of bias. Um, a lot of people don't believe that I really know the things that I know. Right. Uh, or a lot of people believe that I should know certain things, which, you know, I'm pretty sure Stefan will attest to and tell us about in his journey, 
where people will assume because you have this level of education that you should know everything or that you should be abreast <laughs> to Correct. other topics that you have no idea about. Um, and a lot of assumptions are made. Um, it has not helped my dating life. So I actually, which is another thing about education, um, which is another little offshoot once you tell your story, we can kind of get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it has not assisted in my dating life. Um, so I usually will shy away from it. I'm a person who is not very like, well, here's where I went to school and I don't lead with my educational background because it can be very uh, overwhelming for someone yeah. who does not even have high school or very overwhelming to somebody who is not, that's not their path. And it's not even just in dating and friendships. Like Stefan also has a master's. I have other friends who have master's degrees, licenses and things like that, but to friends who do not have that. Um, I do not necessarily jump out like, well, where'd you go to school? That's not how I would start a conversation about, you know, my educational background. Um, so having that experience has been a thing. Um, being a black woman and, and a black girl in school and having those issues with teachers um, and people not believing you or people, adults, or, you know, adults, what sort I want to say? Um, undermining not undermining but uh, treating you like an adult when you're a child uh, yeah. and putting a lot of responsibility on you because you're black and you're a black girl right. I definitely did feel that a lot of times in school like I was giving certain responsibilities or looked at a certain way because I was a black girl where white you know counterparts or other communities were allowed certain um, room to grow or allowed <clears throat> to be their age um, I saw that a lot in school. I mean, I, it still happens. It also happens to black boys <laughs> where it's just like you are like an adult already and you're not. You're literally a child. Yeah. Um. So those are some of the things that I came up against. And then also going back to the IEP situation and promoted versus assigned and repeats and things. Um, having that experience be in it to go and exceed well past what people would have assumed I would have done. Right. Um, or would have thought I would have been able to do. Um, it's been very challenging because I can very much remember that. Like, bitch, I had to have so much extra help for everything, and now I'm in here writing twenty page papers. Like, I just uh, sometimes <laughs> it's, it, it has not been no crystal stair um, to get to this level of education. Um, in addition to bias in school, like when you get out of school and you get your master's degree or you get your uh, bachelor's or you're getting into the college and collegiate conversation, you know, where you got your, your you know, degrees from. Oh, I got mine from Harvard or I got mine from Del State or oh, you went to Wilmington. Like, what's that? Is that that's not even a real school? You know what I mean? Like having to really tell the girls, no, I, 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 I know my shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm you probably have to defend stuff that, that don't even really make sense. To, you know, yeah, so having to also, you know, kind of defend my choice of school um, because I should, I personally now, you know, looking back 2020, maybe I should have tried out an HBU. Um, I know why I didn't. Um, and I understand the significance of why they're important and why I would want my son to attend one. Um, but for me, Hey, best friend. 
and hey y'all so y'all know we live um in the shadow so I we are apologizing for these technical difficulties um but I was just my phone being it's okay because like I said it's the shadow so we 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 getting it um, so that was kind of like I said, my story in short, not to make it super long drawn out because we could really get into the city, but we ain't gonna do that because we want to hear your story too. So now I want to pass the baton to Stefan so he can tell us what his experience was like, um, and what his degrees are and things like that because I want to know what's going on. I know, but I want y'all to know, so I'm gonna be quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I have a, a weird, and I'm as I'm like listening to your story. And like your journey, which we've talked about before, I feel like every time we talk about it, or every time I talk about somebody, like somebody mm, talk about school with someone, it's like new new revelations just come. Yes, I love that new things. So I'm like listening to yours, and I'm just like, damn, like there's some more things behind all this, and there always is. So uh, shout out to uh, the way our brains work. Love that. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> I have a really weird relationship with school because I have always loved school. Right. Um, excuse me. I always knew in my heart of hearts and brains of brains that I was just super smart. So I wanted to show it off. Um, because you are. <laughs> well, I'll be trying. But... Don't do that. Don't... Okay, let me let you tell your story. <laughs> I'm not even going to do that. I'm not. We knock up. That's not where we going no. with this episode. No, but um, like first, uh, kindergarten, mm, preschool was cool. I remember like certain moments of preschool. Preschool was also when I found out that I was nasty. Um, but that's not for this episode. <laughs> that's for a farmers market after dark episode. Come on, we got uh, we, it's coming next year. It's coming in twenty twenty three. We will be serving the grubs. I'm gonna let you know. Uh, but. Uh, preschool, cool. I only remember like certain parts. I remember graduating and I look so cute. Uh, then uh, kindergarten and the first half of first grade, uh, I went out. To, I was at Gallagher. I don't even know if that's still there anymore, but all of my schools except for grad school were in the cut somewhere. So Gallagher was in Newark and you had to like go through a neighborhood and hop, skip, jump okay. over eight creeks and uh, houses. And, that was and a trial. <laughs> Wasn't it? So uh, Gallagher, cool. I dressed up as a Power Ranger for Halloween that year. That's all I remember. Um, and then I, or whichever one of those years, clearly I don't remember everything, but I remember being a Power Ranger because I love those. Fast forward, uh, first grade, like I said, half was at Gallagher, and then I we moved uh, from Newark and moved out to uh, the hood of Bear, which <laughs> <laughs> nobody really knows what the hood of Bear is unless you live in Bear and you know that like this is the Brookmont and Wellington. And, this is the trenches, um, baby. That's the trenches. Okay, <laughs> Brookmont, Wellington. I grew up right um, from the trenches, so I understand. What's the name? Glasgow Trailer Park, like. Yeah. The trenches, baby. Okay. Don't nobody want to believe me. It was. Because I say bear, and they like, oh, that's not. And I'm like, okay. Go ahead. If you say so. <laughs> I knew I was in the hood, whether you want to say it or not. But anyway, so moved out to bear. Uh, was there. Went to Thurgood Marshall. 
for first through fourth grade, also a school that was in the cut, but loved it because when you walked in, they had these big pillars that were crayons. Um, and I just, I was, I was uh, infatuated with that school. Uh, first grade, chilling, had Miss Mason. I got a book thrown at my face. Shout out to uh, whatever her name was. I don't remember her name, but she threw a book at my face. Um, second grade, I had, I don't remember her name, but that's when I started to learn to write cursive and fell in love with more stuff. And then I just enjoyed the way that I wrote. So shout out to me and my journey of figuring out my own handwriting. Come on, uh, handwriting. <laughs> okay. Actually, and I remember second grade was Miss Mason. Uh, third grade was also Miss Mason, but third grade Miss Mason was black. And third grade Miss Mason taught me how to double dutch. Oh. And then I was just like, oh, this is something that I did not know that I loved. And now I can't stop doing it. So recess every day, I just double dutch for 30 minutes. I came home from school and we had the phone wires out and or the phone cords out and we was double dutching all day. Until the sun, until the lights came. Come on now, that's that's that that's that you. That's how they know we old as shit. Okay. <laughs> we used to be outside, even me. Uh, I used to be outside until I moved, like until I could stay home by myself. Then I was like, yeah, that was our shit done. <laughs> like you're not making me go outside to play with these nut ass kids. Woo! Right. I mean, it's the it's the dub. Um, no, but yeah. So that whole I me double dutching. That was it. Was my life. I loved it. Uh, so then that was third grade, fourth grade. I really only remember some um, the spelling bee that I did with this girl, Melanie. We was in our own little personal competition. I dated her, but she still beat me. Um, shout out to her. Hope she chilling. So fifth grade, worst year of my life. Um, yeah. Fifth grade, I went to this. Okay, well, why did you get from? Sorry, I'm driving it off. Um Fourth, no, fifth grade, I went to this uh, up and coming charter school. It was it was Thomas Edison Charter School. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The trenches. The trenches. The trenches. And everybody thought that I was just, a, anyway, never mind. So not only was it a terrible ass school, um, I was also going through like the start of a divorce mm, that's a big deal yeah and I was but I just I like took all that energy and just put it into school so I'm over excelling at like everything that I could possibly excel at at school because I'm I'm just doing nothing else oh also by this time I was told I couldn't double dutch anymore again story for another time but had to stop that gay shit then so um couldn't do that so and then I wasn't going to school with people in my neighborhood anymore so like we started kind of separating then you know the divorce started and like a whole thing uh fifth grade was when I got my first fight Uh, um was also I think no that wasn't fifth grade first fight um kissed this girl in the library but I made sure people were around so she looked like a bad chick um oh no i wasn't messy. great messy i was super messy uh 
what else happened in fifth grade? I found out what a switch was, like with, with walking. Like I didn't know what a switch was, but this girl, her name was um, Shafi or something like that. That uh, sounds, that I'm not going to say that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was walking one day and she was like, why are you switch like a girl? And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Um, so I think I was my gayest between like fifth and eighth grade. I'm a just. It was giving. Um, I'm neck wall. I'm neck. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, but I also, fifth grade, I also had a pen pal in Japan. Uh, I started learning Spanish in fifth grade. So, like, those were the only highlights. Uh, but teacher tried to fight me. She threw off her shoes, took her earrings off, and tried to uh, square up. Oh. Um, yeah. I also, what else? I feel like that might have been, that might have been it. I tried to join the music. I don't know if it was a choir, a chorus, a band. I don't know what it was. But I tried to do it. It didn't work out. So, I gave up on that. And... That was a shout out to Mr. Reeves, the music teacher. He was a black teacher who I liked, but he didn't like me. It's or at least didn't come off like he me. did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did like a 30 page book report on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's how y'all know it was an overachiever. Yeah. Um, so then that's I got more bullied. So like all throughout element like third commercial i was getting bullied by um shout out to adam hope he's doing terribly just um, <laughs> it's the hope he's having the day he deserves <laughs> uh but for real though no nah, he uh he did but you know everybody does what they do for a reason uh, but i really got like picked on a lot in in um elementary school and that's kind of when i learned to just be like fuck it because my mom was always like uh, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're awesome and if people don't like you, that's on them, not on them not on you, and I said mm, and took that to heart, and that's when I started to learn my boundaries Come on. with people and not letting things get to me as much as they did um, and the girls liked me at that point, so like I didn't really care about anybody else I had my best friend Ryan at that point then I had Ryan then I had Garrett, then I had Greg, then I had um Jonathan, then this other kid, Ryan, who moved from Canada, and um, that's pretty much it. Okay. Hold on. Technical difficulties. Hey, y'all. We're sorry. We had some technical difficulties. (laughs) I just needed to be known that I was steady talking. Yes, and you were. And I was yelling, like, hey, that's when you're breaking up. And you was, I don't think you was hearing me. I so, wasn't. like, you got to go back. I want to say you were saying that you, I, the last little bit that I could hear clearly um, was where you were saying that, I guess, fifth or sixth grade was more like you were that girl. And then it got, I don't know anything else of what you said after that. You don't know. It, that's the last thing that was heard. That was like clear. Ooh. Everything else was very choppy. Wow. I think I was talking for another like five minutes after that. Have we been off for five minutes? I want to say so. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I was. I was. Anyway, okay. Well, then, uh, hey, folks, let's go back. Let's jump back in. 
I feel like I wish we had like ad breaks because then we could just put ads in between the breaks. We working on the show. Y'all got to start sending. Y'all got y'all could put placements in here. This is a nice little segue before we get back to his story. If you want to promote on um the for um the farmers market because I can't talk. Uh, <laughs> please, you know, slide in either of our DMs and we will definitely throw an ad break in there. Um, you know what stuff, and I think I can put another ad on here, so maybe I'll try to do that and just chop oh. that part out. Cause like I said, we That'll just nothing. Okay, so we'll do that. So next into the story. Okay. So that's when I realized how like I don't know. I didn't realize it at the time. But that was probably the most like feminine years it was like fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Even though it wasn't that feminine, but like it just looking back over the anyway, doesn't matter. So wait, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, cool. So sixth grade, I went to a Christian school. Uh, Baptist, private, one of those K through 12 cult schools. Worst school in Delaware. Wow. I'm not going to put them on blast because I don't want to give them free publicity to their website. Definitely um, text me. <laughs> I will. Yeah. If, if you even thought about sending my nephew there, uh, no. It's a dub. Okay. I'm going to listen. <laughs> yeah. So. Sixth grade was the point where I felt the most outcasted. And even though fifth grade was in, um, I don't even know what area that is, but it's off of uh, Philadelphia Pike and Governor Prince and all that stuff. Okay. So wherever that is, um, I should have felt like the most outcast there. But it wasn't until I got to this uh, Baptist school was when I actually felt ostracized from everyone else and a big part of it was the fact well I mean black and there wasn't a lot of black people there um the school was tiny so like I said it's a k through essentially like pre-k through 12 like they got you could be a three like a two-year-old in there all the way up until 12th grade wow so mm -hmm. so when I got there my first year as a sixth grader the graduating class was four people Oh. Yeah. And then by seventh grade, the graduating class was six people. So it was. So when I say it was tiny, I mean it. Um, and yeah. So went there, and it was, the, it was also one of the first years where I realized that I realized teacher like personal teacher bias oh like I never you know you you hear like oh you know this teacher doesn't like me or this teacher doesn't like me or you know whatever whatever um that was the first time that I ever genuinely realized that there were teachers that did not like me right um but it's mostly because you know I I didn't self-identify as a big foot washing Baptist churchgoer and they were you know the cult like type of people that was like you know we got this on Monday this on Tuesday Bible study on Wednesday this on Thursday this on Friday service on Saturday service on Sunday and you just started over and you were just always there a lot of church a lot of church and I I was not that but you know I'm in sixth grade so I'm adapting but I just was not I hadn't been there since kindergarten so I didn't 
like know mesh in with all the rest of people. Um, and I just, I, I just didn't, I didn't fit in. Um, I was a, a one of those secular people, so I listened to all that good music that they hated. And they was not with the shits. They were not. Um, down to a science project that I won't get into because it's been much too long. Um, but I got taken up into the secret office room, which by looking at it, you would never know was there. But you walk through that main door of the office and they got a little thin, a little like a closet. Shout out to them. Not a closet. To be it's a staircase. Yeah. So they take you up to this room that looks like the an Illuminati room. And they sat there and they told me as a eighth grader, I think at that point, um, how bad of a kid I was and that they were working on getting permission from my mom to paddle me. Excuse um, me? Yeah. Which I knew was never going to fly. So I'm sitting up in that room with like three or four quote-unquote high-powered white men waiting to, uh, I guess, get their lives. I don't know. Best friend, um, best friend. Hold on. <laughs> we going to take a minute. That is a traumatic experience. I just wanted to point that out, but there we go. Best friend. Best friend. You're back. Are you here? Here, here. Yes. So I was just saying that's a traumatic experience. Are you still talking? Best friend? Best friend. Best friend. Can you Best friend. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. I was saying it really is traumatic or really was traumatic. And like, I don't really know like how to even conceptualize what it's like to be a seventh grader sitting up in, you know, the Illuminati boardroom mm. with with these at that point in my life high powered white men mm. we gonna get into that in another episode <laughs> Cause baby, let me tell you. okay we're gonna get into uh, that but go ahead but all i remember just and I, like and at the time i wasn't thinking about how inappropriate it was i knew that it was but i also was just thinking my mom's never going to go for this so You're also a child a fucking child. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yes, I was. Um, and so I just, I kind of just waited. I mean, like, shout out to them for, I guess, waiting on permission to do this. But also, how many parents said, like, yeah, go ahead. Because somebody All did. That's why they were able to All do it. Right. So, Mama, I remember Mama was up there, uh, quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, she must have used her teleportation superpowers because I feel like Not my child. I feel like the moment that they called her was the moment she was at the school. Yeah, that's my power. Yeah, and that was that was the moment. 
like it was already pretty much a determinant, like already a dub on me finishing like high school there because it was just too small for my high school experience. Um, But that really like solidified the end of of that era for me. Um, Yeah. That was the, I tried sports during that. But anyway, so fast forward, I went to a Catholic high school. Uh, I feel like I've talked about that on here before. High school was chilling. I made a really good amount of friends in high school. But like, even now, the friends that I have are not from high school. They are just from the high school. Okay. Um, I really found myself came into a lot of different things. Um, I came, well, I guess I came out like technically in like seventh or eighth grade and then re came out in like ninth grade and just spent those four years figuring out how to piece together this wonderful, um, this wonderful identity of mine. And okay. Fast forward college uh, where I went to Penn State. Shout out to me. I wanted to go to that school ever since I was like in elementary school for whatever reason. I know, me too. <laughs> I don't know what they got, what whole, what chokehold they had me in when I was like nine, but they did. So the went prestige. there. It was the what? It was the prestige for me. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, but yeah, went there. Got was there as a pre med student. And then I didn't really like the pathway that you had to chart for to like go into to the pre-med studies or whatever. So then I was like, okay, well, I need to switch it up. So then chose between uh, professional writing, IT, and applied psychology. And I obviously went the applied psychology way. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Um, but it was, it was also, it was great, but it was also like really uh, tough because when they say applied psychology like it was legit applied psychology a lot of research i had there's a lot of research i had internships every semester of my last two years um i had a class to like a class that i had to pass to get into internships and if i didn't pass it i couldn't do it and that would have held me back some more years yeah um but that did not happen. Uh, then I graduated, uh, and then I didn't really know what to do with that career or with that with that degree, because my professors. I don't think that I had any professors of color in my my actual studies for my applied psych. No, I no maybe, mentorship. No, I maybe had one, but everything was also so geared toward continuing school. So I never really had anybody that was like, hey, if you decide that you don't want to keep going to school, here's your options. Here's what you could do. Here's what you should be doing. And I had advisors. I just don't think that they were advisors that wanted to tell me about what it was like, what it was like in real life. So, yeah. I only had professors and advisors that told me what it was like to continue with school. So then I decided, okay, well, then I guess I'll just continue with school. Um, I studied, I took the GRE, which I don't think they do anymore. I think they stopped doing the GRE overall. Um, or you, like uh, you schools, 
schools stop requiring GREs. Just like I think schools are starting to not require SAT scores. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they start, they stopped, like graduate school stopped uh, needing GRE scores also. Uh, but I applied for Westchester University. Shout out to them because they didn't accept me. Love that. Uh, for whatever reason. And I said, cool, it must not be my time to go to grad school yet. So I decided to not do that. I'm and, still recording. And then I went a couple different alleys. I worked in like childcare. Then I worked for a media store, which I absolutely loved and still love. Shout out to Second and Charles. Um, And then I got my first mental health job as a case manager, um, a glorified case manager, where I traveled all throughout Hartford County and Cecil County in Maryland. Shout out to racism. Come on. Um, And Moved off from there because I was tired of working in that environment. My team, well, my management team kind of went to shit after that. And then I worked as an employment specialist, so a career counselor for young adults with um, with abilities, but at, the, at that time, young adults with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided, then I finally decided to try grad school. I had a recruiter that just called me out of the blue one day and was like, hey, this um, master's in clinical mental health counseling program is starting with the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. Are you interested? And I was like, well, you're calling me. So this must be a sign that I should do this. And then I just, I applied and got in and I was a part of the first cohort, uh, first cohort for that program. Um, was a really good program until it wasn't. Um, that we don't, I feel like, I feel like we don't have enough time to go into that. Um, but it was a really, really like intensely personal experience for the first like year and three quarters. And then after that, the program expanded, more people came, more professors came, and it became less personal. So for that like last year and a quarter, it was just kind of, okay, well now I just need to finish. Um, But some of the things that like, and then that was my school journey. So I left with a master's in clinical mental health counseling. Um, I went and got a job. I moved to Seattle after that got a job out there that I I loved the job but I also hated a lot of the elements of the job but I don't regret any of that um, and then now I've just climbed up the ladder and I am going to thrive and continue to thrive with that at such a young age which is what I keep getting told so I'm thankful um, yeah but one of the big things that I realized about myself like once I got especially to the Christian school um and then I kind of well when I got to the Christian school I realized that no matter how much effort you put into something you can still fail because of outside factors yeah um and the the me not fitting in with the dynamic of the rest of the people and the kids and the cult like mindset that they had at that school 
I realized like I was not going to get far um, the way that I was going. And a lot of that was based off of them not being able to, to be open and not being able to understand how my mind worked when it came to a lot of those things. So my first class that I ever got anything below an A in was Bible. It was sixth grade and it was just a, a class about the Bible. And because I was not um, very enriched in biblical culture, uh, I got a C in that class. And I remember being like, hmm, for this, I learned this, I did this, I like did this. And, and it didn't matter. I still got to see in that class. Um, I was told that I needed to like watch the presidential, uh, I don't know, George Bush was making a speech one year about something mm. and we were getting we were getting extra credit to watch that speech. So I watched that speech and like took notes on all like everything he said because I was so interested in um I don't really know what I was interested in. I was interested in just the dichotomy between like what he was saying, how it really didn't make sense, but then also like why people loved him so much and then why also a lot of people hated him. So I took all these notes and I had this notepad just full of notes and everything he said from the speech and I turned it into the teacher at the time. His name was uh, Mr. Geiger. Um, liked him as a teacher, but hated him. I liked him as a person. I hated him as a teacher. And I gave him my notebook full of notes. And he, you, you like watched the whole thing. And I didn't, I didn't want you to take notes on the whole thing or write the whole speech down. And then he put it under his podium and we never talked about it again. Wow. So that was a point where I realized like, no matter how much effort you put in, it does not matter. And I kept that same mindset for this, for the entirety of being in that school. And like, I didn't, I mean, my grades still kept up. I still cared about them, but I just didn't care about putting in more effort. So when you were talking about like putting in the bare minimum, I was like, I feel like that's where I went. Like, yeah. Cause I it was like, in... I'm not being rewarded or there's no positive reinforcement for my efforts right. or for my extra. Oomph. Exactly. So I was like, what's the point? So I um so then when when I went to St. Mark's, um, which was my school, shout out to Oh them. my mom went there. Your mom went to St. Mark's? Yes, yeah, she is a graduate of St. Mark's. Yes. So I went there and I kind of like reinvigorated my need to be to put in more effort than the bare minimum. And the way that, and it wasn't the best way, but it was kind of a good way uh, that St. Mark's did it is they put you into essentially five categories, like based on your entrance exam. And so if you were in like the fours and fives, you were like, you were up there. Threes, middle of the road, and then like for ones and twos, um, you just got more that were tailored to like your speed of learning 
I don't really know. I wasn't in a lot of, of those classes, but it was like your baseline classes. All the electives and stuff were like the same. Yeah. You were on the same um, playing field with everybody. And then it became more of a competition with being in like the fours and fives to see, you know, where I could stack up with people. So I think it just reinvigorated my, my desire to be in school again. And I remember 11th, the summer before 11th grade, um, I found out that, so my parents were split up at this point. Uh, my mom was with my, my dad now, my stepdad, but my dad, and my father was not. Um, and I had gotten to the point, they had called my mom and they were like, hey, they, had, they were splitting the tuition for St. Mark's, which at that time, and probably still now, St. Mark's was more than in-state tuition for, you know, Delaware. So it was, not, say, that was That was very expensive. It was a very expensive school. It was not in imagination. So it was being split between both sides of my household um, so that they could, we could just make it work. And my summer before my 11th grade year, uh, it's either 11th grade or, or it was 12th grade. It might have been my senior year. But either way, one of those summers, um, they called my mom and they were like, hey, so half of this tuition is not getting paid. And because it's not getting paid, he can't come back until it's paid. Mm. Yeah. And so I remember that August, um, I think it was the first, the first week of school, I think. Um, I had to go down to Glasgow to register to start going to Glasgow. Mm. And all I remember is walking in and it being like, and I know it wasn't, I know that I exaggerate things and I am just an imaginative person. But you remember that scene from Mean Girls? Yes, like it was crazy. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So I remember walking into Glasgow and it just feeling like that scene from Mean Girls. And we were only in there for about like 10 minutes. And I just, and I don't remember, like at that point, I don't remember what happened. I just remember not like doing anything and going back to the car. So now, years later, um, after having several conversations with my mom about it, My mom said, we walked into the school, she saw my face, and we left. And she, we left, we drove down to St. Mark's. I just remember sitting in the office. Um, My mom was in, was talking to the people in the office. They had gone into like another room. And I was just sitting there and... We, she came out of the office. She grabbed my hand. We walked out and she said, you'll be back here tomorrow. And I said, okay. <laughs> and didn't think anything of it. Um, but she had to go in and, and essentially, I don't want to say like negotiate, but like figure out how to get the rest of that caught up. So then that way I could still keep going. And her and my dad just pay for figure out how to pay for the rest of my school and I should have St. Mark's thankfully but 
um, my life could have been very different if I ended up at Mean Girls High. Oh, Chad, Glasgow is not that gross. She is, if I want to say in the public high school, in the Christian school district, maybe she's the ghetto. <laughs> she's old. the ghetto. No, no, no disrespect to the graduates of Glasgow. Okay. Ghetto. Yes. If you want to talk, I was at medium ghetto. Okay, Newark is okay. like, okay, she's giving. <laughs> Baby Chris Ann was right there in the middle. Freddie Ann right there in the middle. That, that Glasgow. Okay. Oh. okay. okay. That Glasgow. <laughs> Glasgow and William Penn is a whole nother beast. Baby, when it comes to these, William Penn uh, is the ghetto County. of uh, the Colonial School District. They only okay. got really one high oh, that's right. That's not that's not even a Christiana school district. But yes, Glasgow is the ghetto of Christiana school district. It is. <laughs> and uh so yeah, so that's 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 my school journey. Um I don't regret much from it. I regret some things, but I can't go back. So I don't I don't think I really regret it because I can't go back. Yeah, I don't think I will go back either. I think there were some common themes with racism and just dealing with traumatic events and how that impacts your learning. Um, right. I don't think enough people understand. And, I'm, and even in myself with the camp, Cam has had some very traumatic events um, in his school journey. And I think that, you know, having the patience and having to understand it from a child to know, you know, sometimes the shit just don't be hitting because there's right. other stuff going on. And I think adults and being a parent of a child who's had the same experiences that I have had um, has been a little bit more easier for him than it may have been in my situation. Um, and my mom did the best that she could. She did very well. Um, well, her children are high school graduates. But at least, you know what I mean? But right. dealing with being a black child in an overwhelmingly predominantly white system Mm -hmm. is a lot, you know, and sharing our journeys. I wanted, you know, for other parents, or if you intend to become a parent, to be recognized and to be active and to advocate for your child, like your mom advocated for you, um, to be able to continue. Or if it is needing of special education and extra support, um, you know, again, which my mom advocated and I was able to get, you know what I mean? She was not standing in the way of me receiving, you know, Title I services or whatever extra math or whatever extra things that I had to do or making sure I made, you know, summer school. Because baby, let me tell you, I ain't mentioned that, but your girl had to do summer school with all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, I was not getting it. Um, it's not that I wasn't getting it. I just didn't care. Um, I think that overwhelmingly being a clinically depressed person, uh, from a child, um, it really has impacted my ability to learn. Um, I do like to learn things. And my son has also has a ferocious curiosity to want to learn different facts and history. And it's just something that they're interested in and really like to learn it. Um, so I have that ability. But having that depression come in and take away the motivation um, and take away right. the concentration right. and the ability to actually apply the things that you're learning. Um it's difficult. Um, and I just think, again, going back to the word, the racism that you experienced or that very traumatic experience in religion and, you know, like in a religious setting, right. um, I've had some, not similar, but that was a thing in the Catholic school I went to that, that before my mom had went there as well. So I was the second generation student at, you know, St. Peter's and my grand, you know, my grandparents made sure that my 
cousin, you know, me and my, my aunts and uncles, my mom were able to go there. Right. So it wasn't, you know, we weren't new there. But, you know what I mean? And being in that experience of not getting much, and you can't speak to your Christian experience where you don't have very many new people. And if you don't fit in with people that are there, it's kind of like, yikes right right. (laughs) you know what I mean because so much of your formative years if we get into like your development a lot of it has to do with your relatability and how you relate to people and if you don't and you're an outcast which you understand we have TikTok and things like communities online that bring awareness to that but that was not a thing in the 90s um being like the same experience that you had where I don't really feel like uh uh this ain't (laughs) ain't right Um, and not being able to find that friend or not being able to kind of mix into the current mindset of whatever is going on in that school is very hard and it's challenging on children and it's not just oh they want to be difficult they could like you know have underlying mental health concerns because children can have them they can have traumatic events going on homelessness divorce domestic violence that you have no clue right that will impact their learning abilities right um, and I think that, you know, if you are going to be a parent or if you're a current parent, like really looking at the external factors that play into a child's educational process, because I think both of us in our story shared that as well, that there were external forces that will come in. Um, and, you know, mess up the vibes. They will. They do. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just, just like so excited to be your friend. And I just love that we have such similar like situations. Um, and shout out to your parents for investing in education. Shout out to my mom that for investing part. in it when she until she could. You know what I mean? Like, that part. That's important. And she actually wanted me to go to St. Mark's. Um, but at that point, baby, let me tell you, I was loving public school. I liked wearing whatever the fuck I wanted to wear. Um, I like being able to be very bare minimum. Um, sure. I would have definitely been in the ones and twos and wouldn't have cared. <laughs> okay, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Or maybe a three. I would have been a three. But Mom. I just feel like um, even and then as I got stronger um, I think even towards the end of my high school years being a little bit more okay the depression lifting up just a smidge you right. know so that I could be a little bit more active and I remember being in a, a black history course that I was able to take my senior year as an elective and mm-hmm. arguing with the, with the teacher. That's not how that happened. <laughs> let me correct you because that's not it. You know? Right. He was like, well, do you want to teach the class? Yes, I do. Because you actually, don't know. You're white. Actually, you have no clue. Right. Like, you're reading from this book of what white people wrote. You know what I mean? Right. You have no fucking clue, bro. Um, so, and people just looking at me like, she didn't really know this shit. Or being in economics class, right? And, you know, going back and forth with the teacher and be like, well, that's not that. Let's, let's right. not do that. Um, it really advocating for myself, um, and letting people know that the girl I was not to be fucked with. I might act like I don't even know what I'm doing, but I do know what I'm doing. But I know what I'm doing. Thank you. Um, in college, even that, cause I wasn't really pressed. Um, but I just I'm glad that people can kind of understand what it looks like to be a educated black adult, even when you mentioned you know, being so young and having so much experience. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what do you think I was supposed to be doing? Right. Did you right. assume that I was going to be, like, on a corner or something? Because, like, that's not even where I came from. My mom has a master's degree. I that didn't part. know. 
I don't have that experience. You know what I mean? Like, and I mentioned that and talked about the bias. You know what I mean? And people being like, well, how do you know all that? And you got a master's? And yes. Mm -hmm. The fuck? Keep some respect on my name. Don't fucking play with me. I'm that girl. Like, I really am. Because my mom is that woman. That part. I I remember I even in her educational journey, I remember seeing her cry over fucking writing papers and her master's degree. I remember going to her thesis presentation. You know what I mean? I, I remember that. seeing her walk across the stage for her master's degree. Like I how powerful that, that so was much. for me. You right. know what I mean? To see that, like, oh, I can do that too. You know, I wish my brothers had that experience. Again, they were there. But you know what I mean? <laughs> to see a black male, which is why I talked about right. the intersection. Right. Being a boulevard because not enough or they're not being shown. I won't say there are not any educated black males. So that's a lie, but the the it needs the the gap is so wide. It's not even an intersection because we think of a small intersection. Okay, cool. It's overcrowded, but it's a boulevard for right. educated black males. Like it's like it's it's literally at least three to four miles between each of y'all. It is. I mean, it's just, but it's also just something that, like, for me, a lot of what, I feel like what a lot of school is and what people don't understand is, like, school is just a pathway. School is just a gateway to get from one place to another. Yes, there's a lot of knowledge. Yes, there's a lot of education. Yes, there's a lot of things that you can get from it. Yes, there is, like, everyday things that we do that coincide with the things that we've learned in school. But the actual act of school and getting through school and getting to the next point is just a gateway of like, okay, well, what path do I need to go to get X, Y, and Z? That's why I'm always like, if you don't have a pathway in your mind that says school, do not waste your time and money because all you're doing is wasting your time and money. Right. Go get go get whatever education you want. You want to go to a trade school? Cool. Do you want to go to school and you don't know how to start it? Go talk to an advisor at the school. They may not be the most helpful the whole way around, but like if they can just introduce you to the idea that like there is school, there is a subject for you, there's a there's a there's a pathway for you, then go get that education, but don't just roll up to college just because someone just keeps saying you need to go, especially us as black people, because the system was not created for us to thrive and get money. So if you go into a system that involves you spending more money than you'll ever be able to earn and make and recover from, don't do it unless you absolutely have a passion and a mindset that says, I want to do this. Yeah. For me, like where I'm at now, I'm about to go into a clinical director role. There is no possible way in 2022 that I can hold a clinical director role without having to go into school the way that I did. I can't hold this role without a license. I can't have a license without getting the hours. I can't get the hours until I go to school, until I got my until I got my master's. I can't get my master's until I got my bachelor's. And I couldn't do my bachelor's without getting a high school degree or a GED. I got my high school degree, but if I wanted a GED then I would go that way. But like, I literally had a pathway that I had to go to school for. Yeah. 
if you don't have that in mind, like even when I wanted to be a doctor, I had a pathway in my mind that said I needed to go to school to be pre-med. There was literally no way for me to be a medical doctor without going to school. Right. So I knew in my mind, school go to school for a long time. But if you don't have that in your mind and you don't have a, a desire or a passion to be in school, do not go waste your money and time and energy and effort. It's a waste. Yeah. Um, I think that's important to note that really doing your Googles or doing your research, um, which I didn't do. Um, and I will say the flip side of that. I wasted a lot of money um, on things that I can't really apply. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of regretting that now. Because I need it for something important and now I don't have access to it. And now I have this education that I can't use. So I agree that you brought up that point of um, making sure that you know what you're doing. At the time, my mother also is a therapist. So it is a family business for me. You know what I mean? I grew up seeing that from a child, like a baby, going to work with her in the prison as a correctional counselor, seeing the women in the prison, her working with, you know, adjudicated people. Right. Um, I've seen her in the outpatient setting. I've gone and sat in her sessions for, you know, take your child to work day. Um, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And it's a family business for me, but her not being able to really direct me either because she changed her pathway later on when she had a lot of issues because she's a criminal justice major. So she had a right. lot of issues, <laughs> um, as far as that is concerned and then pivoted into the substance abuse counseling like specifically in a hundred percent. So um, again, she didn't really know how to direct me. I didn't really see people um, or know of people and mentorship wasn't really pushed um, because again, my mom wasn't putting me in certain things like, you know, black achievers and stuff like that, where I would have had access. I'm not, again, that's a male organization, but you get what I'm saying. Like getting that mentorship, which you were missing as well. You know what I mean? Like, there's nobody at my school to tell me how to apply this degree. They're just telling me to go to school somewhere. And I'm just like, how do I use this now? Um, and that's a really big part that's missing, which I try to do for people who come to me for access or, you know, questions about school and academic advising. And when I do ask them, okay, like, what are you trying to do with this? Or what is your ultimate goal? And then we can kind of fit it into there and then get you there, to, you know, the best way possible. Um, but it is important that you reach out and you do ask for help. So that you're not making certain decisions and taking out loans or getting all these different things. Or even if you work through school, right, and you're paying your money and Mm -hmm. you don't get this desired outcome because you didn't have any direction, which is sometimes no fault of your own because it might be limited access, right? People in rural areas, there's very, there's like one doctor, there's maybe if a therapist, if not, there's probably not a veterinarian and in the fire department, (laughs) there's no mentorship for people who want to go to IT or whatever. You get what I'm saying? So making sure that, you know, the internet has opened up so many things for people to do research to decide what is the appropriate educational pathway Um, and going back or pivoting to the black male thing. um, You know, I'm really blessed and so favored to have you as a best friend because you are somebody who, you know, camera can look up to if they want to go with, you know, the academia, if you will. Right. I want to go to college you have he has access to somebody who has been through that experience now maybe he wants to choose it but you know what i'm saying like he can look up to you like my uncle has a master's degree so that would be 
the precedence where like I was saying for my brothers they didn't really have that because my father had passed away and he only had he had some college right so it wasn't like he would say or he would be like yeah let's do it that way I think he would have definitely pushed and encouraged college um, and they definitely would have went to college had he had been here (laughs) or been in the military but again I'm very very proud and happy to have you as my best friend so he can have access to that even my best friend who is more of a creative but he also has a high school diploma but again he has positive role models in different types of settings and that's important for black boys just like it was important for me for my mom she showed me those things and I knew that that was the goal or that it was possible Um, Um, so I think that representation for black men in education and even in career is very very important and there's not enough of it you know what I mean like I said y'all are three or four miles apart each of you know it's it's, it's a lot of y'all but there's right. too many gaps. You know, it just shouldn't be a boulevard. It should be an intersection that we can turn down and we literally hit people like we would for black women. Yeah. Right? It's an intersection for black women in education. All of us got education. But who's modeling this for black boys? Correct. You know, the only major model that is publicized is sports or music. Um, creatives are starting to come up. So like art, you know, that's starting to be pushed. Yeah. But you know, not enough representation on the educational front. And not saying that a degree is everything, but even in the trades, a lot of, you know, our just people that we were servicing in the last job that we held together, you know what I mean? A lot of them were Caucasian males yep. who maybe had a fucked up background and they had an uncle. Hey, I'm going to teach you how to be an electrician and now they have Correct. a trade. Correct. We don't, we don't necessarily we don't have, have that. that. And, I mean, and all the people that when we think about like timeline history wise the people that were coming back from the war when the war was over they didn't have a lot to fall back on so they had the people that were here like on the grounds that were like doing the thing so then they got under their wing and they've just been doing it for 60 years or 70 years you know what I mean like but we did not have that we did not have the industriousness i don't even know if that's a word but I'm that's a word. It's a word industriousness that you know the other the other side had to be able to take a bunch of people under the wing and teach them this for us it was like okay like well what do we do for our community where we're the only ones that are that know how to do it so you'll see you know a lot of these restaurants where you know kitchen whatever is is typically seen as like a a female-led thing but a lot of these black restaurants are run by like black men because we didn't have the trades that that the other half had or the other side had when we when we were just out so the few far in between you know i mean like not every black family and for i would say out of 10 right for every black family there's maybe three to two who could have access to an uncle who is a painter commercially or who is an electrician or who is a plumber that could grab his nephews up or his sons. And even if they don't fully do it, they have access to learn. Right. Um, It's very, very small considered to other communities who make that the, that's it. You know what I mean? Like you go off and do whatever else, but you need to learn this at the bare minimum. Yeah. I mean, but you know, slavery. So that's even in there. So another conversation. Another conversation. But I think that's also why, and I know that we have, I don't even know what time we're at. I don't know. This Baby, we done. Episode, we we've done. done. <laughs> um, 
but I think like a lot of the times that's why when you see like sons and fathers connecting, a lot of it is is this manual labor, but it's like it's the kitchen, it's the cars, it's fishing, it's um it's sports, but even that's like minimal. Yeah. Um it's all of these different these different things but they're smaller things because they're the only things that we had that we as black people had in our wheelhouse to teach other black people we didn't have you know big plumber things because we weren't allowed in people's houses yeah like there was a there was mass fear so we weren't able to do these like big jobs that um other people were due because we weren't allowed the privilege of being in someone's house and working on something. Um, construction crews, like, yeah, we're there, but like for the most part, we weren't trusted to do good work on in like places like that for a lot of people. Yes. So like, we're not, we're, we're not prevalent there. Like we are just, we are rare. Yeah. Whether people want to believe that or not. It's true. Like, I agree. Like, I, I have looked at it. I agree. Um, you know, and it's it's slavery. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the answer. That's the answer. Um, that's the answer. But, and I just, again, like I said, I just cannot, and I always do this. We love on each other all the time. But I just, again, I'm so proud and so happy, you know, to have that access for my son. Um, you know, so that he knows that there's another way. It doesn't right. have to be selling drugs. It doesn't have to be basketball. It doesn't have to be sports. It doesn't have to be music. You know, you literally can apply yourself in other areas yeah. um, that, for one, are a little bit safer. You know, no shout out to those professions. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I know a couple drug dealers. Like, oh, I, know, I know a couple retired and actors. But well. um, it, it's a little bit safer. <laughs> It's a smidge. So, yeah. um, I, again, I just love that, you know, he has access and I really appreciate you for, you know, doing this with me and, you know, being my best friend and showing up for Cameron. Um, it just means a lot to me. It really does. Well, well, I'm I'm glad that when I look at who is around me in my, in these days, who I can go to when I got nut-ass stories like last night or... <laughs> <laughs> or whatever time last night <laughs> <laughs> but like for like when I need all of these various perspectives to look at my life and like give me you know guidance I can always I can always count on you yeah. and I am forever grateful for that I love you best friend oh, I love you Thanks for having me on this long ass episode. Baby, let me tell you, this motherfucker gonna be chopped and screwed. I'm gonna let y'all know. Y'all get, <laughs> you're gonna hear it. Chopped and screwed. Yes. Um, if, but I'm just so glad that we can get the information out there. And I think it was a timely topic again for back to school and for parents and for people who are considering, you know, going into education, whether it's higher or a trade or even a certificate. If you wanna get an IT or you wanna do a Google strip, I don't give a fuck. I hope that. <laughs> This informs you in that you feel like you're not alone. Um, right. Because for so many people, education is really hard. And you feel alone sometimes. Yeah. Very much so. 
we'll get back to daddy because I didn't mention that and I really had a, a rant, but I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. Um, so we will see you guys next week. We're gonna be doing you know our media episode. We already got something for the girls. We spiced it up. We really in as we had a time last night. We spiced up the yes. schedule. Get the girls together. Next week, um, talking about Atlanta. So it's season one. Season one. If you want to get the tea, you better go watch Atlanta so we can go ahead and chop it up. Yes. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah. Be. Bye.